Good afternoon, everyone, and uh, welcome to Sunday Sessions. It's the fourth uh, of October, two thousand and twenty. And thank you for joining me on another Sunday Sessions. It's quite stormy here at Karakori. I hope everything is safe where you are. Uh, it's the sort of day where the, the rain is going uh, horizontal. Uh, so I, we've still got the electric. We've still got the internet. Uh, so carry on. This is our wonderful weekly time of exploring nature-centered folklore, connecting this mindfully within your favorite tree or garden sanctuary, which is a little bit difficult today because uh, this time I'm actually indoors and not in the center of the tree labyrinth. But from your sanctuary, wherever it is, expressing your inspired visions through your writing, art, craft, performance, and even problem solving, uh, such as if you do engineering, whatever your vocation is. Now, today's Sunday session, it's Ehrman's Herb Cauldron and Folklore. And I love this story. It's a foundation. It's a very intimate story about the intimate uh, nature connection to what we call herbalism today. And uh, I was to be joined by two lovely herbalists uh, who are both, they both work with Ermid and inspired by her and the breed of stories and traditions. Uh, I was going to have uh, Gina McGarry, you may remember her from Sensing Herbs where she helped me out a lot as I walked through the herb spiral labyrinth and she gave her a professional review and how she works with the herbs. But unfortunately, she couldn't make it with us uh, today. But here's a reminder, uh, there's uh, Gina there. And uh, second herbalist, I hope, will turn up. It's quite early for her where she lives. It's uh, Tonya Rickley. Uh, she's of Dancing with the Wind, uh, Dancing with the Wild Herbcraft. Um, and she has wonderful courses and retreats usually both in Colorado, where she lives, but more so uh, in County Clare, uh, around the Burren uh, in Ireland and uh, through the summer. And uh, she hasn't joined us yet, but it is about seven in the morning there. So hopefully as we progress through there, we'll have Tonya as a guest and you'll be delighted. She's a, a ray of sunshine on this kind of stormy day. Uh, I think Tonya has just come on board, so that's uh, great. Um, and we'll say a quick uh, hello. Uh, you've seen the picture, and there she goes. Hello, Good Tonya. Good we'll see you a bit later. All right, thanks for joining us. Uh, great. Well, that's great. You're going to have great entertainment there. And let's see who else has joined us so far today. Um, and we got Donna uh, as a regular from New Mexico and Monica from Pennsylvania. Thank you for being on board. Uh, that's uh, wonderful. And uh, it, it's quite a bit of a tribe that we have here that's uh, it's terrific. Uh, anyway, I'll start by telling my own version of the Aramid story. And here she is, the logo I've been using. And... Um, Amid, uh, Armid, or Armis. Let's see if I can pull up some uh, uh, spellings here. There we go. There you go. There's a various life giver and healer. That is the interpretation of a name, apparently. And it serves us with remarkable grounding uh, to the imagery of healing and well being. And she's an important reference to the Holy Wells, uh, also. And let's get a there she is. Uh, there's a, a sort of airmid by the Holy Well. And I think it's a good starting point to start with her father, uh, John Kett. And there's a, an interesting image that certainly goes with the airmid one earlier. And perhaps she's known uh, best, or back, perhaps he's known, John Kett is known best as the keeper of the Sloan Healing Well. And that's it, actually, covered with stone there. Uh, the cairn of the Heaps town. It's not very far away. And I could spend a whole Sunday really uh, talking about uh, 
at the Sloan Healing Well. I had a whole session on it in Heapstown, Ken, and how it came about. But I'm going to refrain from that and move on as fast as possible. We've actually got a celebrity on that uh, picture. I don't know if you're familiar with Robin Williamson, Incredible String Band. Some years ago, uh, I said when he was performing in the area, he does the deeds of the Tour de Dan, and I said, I'm going to have to take you to my tour. I don't know, it's a mythical place. It doesn't exist. And my first invitation, he refused. We came back and did a workshop the next year. So um, he is on the far left. It's only the back of him. But it was a delightful day that we actually had with him. And there's various Cairnwells around Ireland. This is one of my favorite. This, there's a few in Donegal. A couple of good examples. This one is Tour, Tour uh, 7 up in Glen Columkeel, and you can see where the entrance is and the cairn, and there's a couple in the far northwest, uh, which is fascinating. So I'm not sure there's the whole story of Heapstown and the, the Fomorians covering it, but we do have these wonderful cairn wells, which I find are very significant, and they're a huge fascination to me. Uh, so as I say, these were... Um, Wells were either in the middle of an apple, some of these wells, like the Emid Well. It's, by stories I've got, they were in the middle of an apple orchard or had a large sacred apple tree of life beside it. Of course, if you go to the Holy Wells now, you're familiar with the hawthorn trees, sometimes the hollies, sometimes the rowan. Um, but apple trees seem more significant, as we covered uh, with the Avalon stories a couple of weeks ago and the Avalon stories. And they said that uh, within the Sloan well, that the injured can actually bathe and then leave the well with no injuries. They'd be healed with no scars and uh, no blemishes. And in fact, there is an extreme, let's see if I can get a good uh, picture on that, uh, that it is said, there we go, uh, there's someone who's, <laughs> there's that same person bathing in the well. That's actually a tractor near uh, Monaster Aden. And it's said that the, the slain, the dead, actually could be put into this Sloan well uh, that was, the keeper was the Kek, and they would become alive again. And they would leave the well with no injuries, They'd be totally healed, come back to life, no injuries, no scars, no blemishes. Uh, and it comes up in the stories of that. And so, of course, the onset was the, the healer to go to uh, as far as uh, the Tour de Dan time of the Bronze Age in Ireland. And I think I've got a wee picture. Uh, it's very difficult to find a picture of him. And there he is there. It looks like he's been to the sweet shop and bought a wonderful bag of sweets there. And... Uh, after coming back from the dentist and getting some nice dentures. So that's the best imagery I could get uh, of uh, Dionkecht. And I've been uh, also told that Dionkecht and his uh, siblings have all acquired the craft of returning the dead to life again. So it's something that he actually taught. So I'm going to look at their names, look at the translations of these people uh, were scribed. Um, of course, these stories were scribed in early medieval times. And the problem with that, as I think I brought up last week, is that once the scribing started, the scribes were all men. So it became the stories of a time of perhaps equality of the Breton laws. Suddenly the balance tipped because it became patriarchal and the whole legal system became punitive. So you got the scribing that came into that. So when we take these stories, I tend to try and vision, what was it like under the Brehan law? What was it like under the balance? Um, anyway, we can only have these medieval scribes to go on. So I'll go through what's come up. And now, as I say, uh, if I can bring up the labels here, we got the onset who's kind of, the translation they came out is swift power. Well, I suppose it is swift power if someone could be put into the slum well, pull straight back out, and they're absolutely, they might be dead, they might be just all buckled up with injuries, and suddenly, there they are, uh, unblemished. Swift power of that, so that was his uh, name. Power of the command of life and the speed to transform healing. And then we have Miak, 
Uh, do I have a picture of Miak, I wonder? No, I don't have a picture of him, unfortunately. Uh, his description seems to be of confidence, pride, honesty. Uh, there's not many stories around him, but this is the impression you get when you actually hear of his healing of the muscles and of the sinews. And uh, and then we got, as I say, we got Amy herself, and her variations seem to be quite obvious, uh, the life giver and the healer. Now, I'm not going to hang on to the John Keck story as I want to focus on Ermid uh, as soon as I can. But a few words about Miak, uh, one of uh, Dion Keck's uh, sons. Now, Miak was a wonderful surgeon of muscles and uh, sinews, veins, arteries, and their internal organs. And there were circumstances that happened that caused Miak's father, and this is why I'm coming short, uh, but he became jealous of his son's advanced skills. So Dionkek killed his own son uh, out of his own jealousy. And where uh, Miak was slain or where he was buried, depending on which story you hear or read about, it's said that 365 plants grew all over him in the shape of his body. And... Uh, it was, it was, some say it was the number of his joints and inner organs. And each plant growing is related, said to be related to each part of the body, perhaps the joint or the inner organ that was to be nourished or healed. So Ermid, uh, let's get a good old picture of Ermid up here, another one. Uh, I should have something nice of her. Uh, where is she? Yeah, there we go. We'll use that one. Uh, she's said to have taken off a cloak, picked samples of the plants, duplicated the image of Miak, uh, of the plants uh, as they came up, and she tried to duplicate this onto a cloak as a way of trying to memorize each plant and their healing effect. And Amy's father, who was wandering around, uh, he approached her and saw what she had done, and again his jealousy and his rage welled up, and he called, one of the stories is he called the wind to blow off all of the plants from Ermid's cork and set fire, called them the fire to burn away the remaining plants over where Miak was buried or where he laid. Now, there's one other story that I've heard where he actually pulled the cloak, the plants went into the wind, and then he trampled the remaining plants growing deep into the ground, and uh, they never grew again. Um, and in another story, well, we've covered that one. Uh, from either story, this, this started the eternal quest of Ermid and the healers that descended from her to recreate that healing map that uh, from Miak's grave or from where he was laying, that Ermid had recreated on her cloak yet have been scattered through the jealous rage of her father. And it said because of that, this is why all herbal healers, well, all herbal, all healers, they're practicing ever since. Now, two stories from of Ermid after the DM stop. Excuse me, I'm getting dry. Two stories of Ermid after the Dianchek destruction. Um, one is that uh, Ermid herself, she actually committed herself to monastic life and totally dedicated to discovering the plants again and their purpose and teaching others to identify and how to use them for nutrition, therapy, and healing. But then there's the other one, which is a sad one, where Dianchek enslaved her to help him remove all those rocks that the Fomorians had put onto the Sloan Well uh, over at Heapstown, which is far away from here, to, un to try to uncover his well again. But unfortunately, through doing this, because if I got a, another picture of, the, uh, of it here, um, see if I can uh, rattle this up. Uh, no, I haven't got one. Uh, that... Um, Unfortunately, through removing all this great heap of rocks, I showed you, I'm going to show more 
of Heapstown in a minute. But what you actually see, that pile of rocks, is apparently only a third to a quarter of what was there. And it's still the biggest cairn uh, in Ireland, the old uh, megalithic cairn, and trying to remove all those rocks. Unfortunately, Aermid in a human form perished and passed over quite quickly over to the other side. And John Kegg, he actually passed doing those labors as well. And the more I hear of John Kegg and um, Aermid stories, there they are, there is a picture. And there's John uh, Kegg, he looks as if he's stirring up his mushy peas. And there's the artist image of uh, Miak there that looks as if he's grabbing hold of Aermid and saying, hey, sis, do you want to go off and do some trick or treat? Uh, so that's, that's what we got with the uh, artist uh, impressions anyway. Uh, I'm going to switch this banner off for a second here. There we go. And I'll get back to this. So Dionkek being, uh, to me, I think they're very symbolic, those three. I'm going to show them again. I think they're very symbolic. And to me, Dionkek, he dealt with bones. He was very much a bones person. And to me, that's very symbolic of the geology of the rock and even on water. And then the stories we get of Miak. He's very much like the muscles and the blood. And very much to me, it's like symbolic of being the regeneration of the soil. And there's Emid whose stories are around what grows from the soil. And to me, it's like the stories of the three of them is the trio, the trinity of our earth itself. Uh, just an interesting thought. I'd, I'd love your comments on that one because I haven't really seen that in writing, but I've heard it from storytellers. But the one thing with Aramid is very much a close connection to wells and healing water. I mentioned the onset. Uh, kept uh, being close to water, but that's more or less the flow of the water. Her, it's the wells, the upbringing of the water from the rocks, from the soil, and from there we're in Aermid's realm. And her cauldron, as I'm used on the logo, is forever filled with healing water to enhance the healing plants. And uh, well, there's a few more things that I've learned about Aermid. Uh, one, that she had a sister called Etan. Um, that's not Etan. Um, anyway, I'll come to him in a moment. Etan and not Etan, well, uh, that's, or Eden, Eden and Eden, and those are another story. Let's give you the, uh, see if I can get, there's, there's some spellings for you. And that's, um, Edan was uh, conceived when Dionkek to enter the caves of Kishkoran. And you might have heard me with various tales of uh, the conceptions inside Kishkoran, inside the caves here, inside the, the lock, inside the pool, inside the hill that's there. And later, uh, it was um, Eden that married Oma. And that's why I'm going to bring the uh, picture up again, because this is an artist's impression of a man, Oma. We did some with the... We did some with the old uh, and the stones, and of course they show him artist's impression with a stone. At that point, I don't think he was carving onto stones. By being, he would have had uh, perhaps a bronze instrument. He maybe did start lines, but uh, as I talked about last week, it was the, uh, the ability to create a duplicated language. And through married to him, maybe through that medium, uh, that... Uh, it, Eden was able to be a poet, and being a sister of Emmett, she was the archiver of Emmett's plant work. It's, there was these discoveries by her and the people that she taught. It was said that somehow Eden archived them, and it's from those archives that the oral stories, maybe the archiving wasn't through the oral, maybe it was through her own memory. Maybe she was a memorizing filly, if you recall, if you look back, the fillets have these remarkable memories where they learn exactly lines of lore and lines of story to pass on to the next fillet, so the generations of archiving. 
how frustrating that must have been uh, before the age of books. But that's what they did, and that was kind of Eden's job. So Emmett uh, mapping out 365 herbs, I think that's an important symbolism. It connects to all the seasons, and uh, this is something I'm going to be talking about with Tonya very much because uh, she's been great at portraying this through uh, a book that she's got out. But Emmett's mapping connected all the seasons, the stages of the plants, the fresh leaves, the buds, the blossoms, the fruit, the plant material that comes from the drying at this time of year, and the dried herbs that we tend to rely on through the winter. And nothing, absolutely nothing is wasted. So taking on the second story of Hermed passed on, and while attempting to remove rocks over a storm well, I mentioned that she actually passed away. Now, to follow that story on, you've heard the stories of the Tour de Donnan that were actually moved into the underworld, moved underground at the time when the Malaysians, the Sons of Mel, appeared, where the whole realm of the Tour de Danon changed. They became the people, the spirits, the underworld of life that provided the life for everything that grew above and so the people will be fed because the, the Malaysians themselves were not very, they weren't farmers. They weren't all that great at uh, keeping themselves alive. So they needed this underground spirit of the Tour de Danon. And there was Ermin, there was kind of a pioneer of this. It said that when she passed, she passed into the underworld and became among the people a kind of a, uh, a she, a queen of the she, or the fairies and the spirits of the underworld. Forgive, forgive me, going dry. Anyway, here we, anyway, I've heard of, let's see if we got, I've heard of, uh, of Emmy being a goddess and the queen of the she and the queen of the fae, as I said. That's a, here she is amongst the fae there. That's a lovely picture of that. I managed to pick up an artist's impression. And um, from this underworld, uh, our uh, image um, was said to conduct the animals, birds, and weather, and spread the plant. Got the birds and the animals and the weather to spread the seeds. And they were able to spread the seeds to where are us humans, where are the animals, where the birds needed these plants to be. And it said the hairs. Uh, there's a whole nice symbolism here uh, with her uh, hairs. And there we are, a lovely uh, hair picture there, hair photograph. And it said that her hairs were a closest connection for the seed and plant distribution. So every time you see a hair, a hair is very busy doing airmen's work. They may seem to be just pulling up the dandelion roots, but they're also gathering seeds uh, from the wind, from the soil, from the plants in their fur, and those seeds are being scattered. And it's said that the hares would wander around to where these seeds would be needed, where there are people, where there are animals. It's as if they were the herb seed distributors uh, that made sure that there were wild plants growing uh, where we needed them. And uh, it said the uh, Tour de Danon, they were. Now, here we are. There's a nice picture of Emmy with hair. Okay, here, this is her teaching a hair. Um, but uh, we are told of the Tour de Donnan clearing the forest for the purpose of growing more grains. But it was Emmy said to be the protector of trees. And even today, her spirit is said to be the goddess queen, the big cheese she of the native forest. She is the goddess in the stories I hear. And of course, I'm deeply into the forestry, as you know and the uh, native forest pre forestry preservation, that uh, there she is from the underworld, setting off the hares to help, along with the wind, to keep our forest going. But uh, her father, John Kecht, is said to still be in the underworld too, unfortunately, and forever pulling Emmett's cloak so that she can never uh, actually achieve the repeat mapping out of the plants of Miak's body. Um, 
and to stop the spread of the animals spreading the seas, returning native forests. So this is an ongoing thing. It's like a duplication of the seasons, uh, as I say, uh, forever practicing. Uh, but to this day, Hermit through the sea and the fae calls upon, we can connect to her through our senses to accept her wisdom, connect with the love of life, inspires us to understand what we're looking for, what we're sensing when we're foraging, helping us to multiply what is around us and to help spread the, and create the missing plants, the missing herbs that she needs, always needs to complete her herbal cloak once more for the healing of all life. And also, let's not forget to defend and protect our sacred spring as well as, and to charge these plants for healing. And the story of Ahmed is yet another ancient-based folklore story of loss and renewal. So is Ahmed is a spirit to reflect on when we're looking at loss and renewal. I'm not sure if I covered this last week, uh, but the whole idea, again, we're going with the scribing and the divisions, how divisions disconnect our roots, that if we stuck to our roots, there wouldn't be this di division because of all the connection. You may have heard, and I, I certainly covered it in Sunday sessions, of how the roots intertwine and connect, and everybody is connected, every species connected to what's going on with the other. And through division, we kind of, it's as if we separate from those roots. And that to me, the division is loss. And then we have the connection, which is renewal. But we get this with the seasons, don't we? We're coming into the, the winter where there's fall, there's leaves falling. And you could say in a way, that's a sort of a loss, but there's going to be the, the great, um, what's it, what I, do I call it, a great conception of midwinter, and again, you've got all this uh, renewal again. And it also explains the unseen changes, as I say, in our lives between autumn through winter and into spring. And I feel the Hermit story also prepares us to trust entering sacred spaces. At the beginning, I'm always mentioning, have a garden or tree sanctuary that you can go to, to be inspired, where you are connected, where you are scented. And I, this, to me, the native forests will do this. Why, this is why the tree labyrinth here is a native woodland. And it's where the plants are the most abundant. It's where Hermed is at her most present. So here's an Ermid, I'm going to take a bit of water because this is an Ermid song poem that I once heard. She changes everything that she touches and everything she touches changes. Everything that's lost is found again in a new form, in a new way. Everything hurt is healed again in a new life, in a new day. The earth is alive so that we are alive. The soil is alive so that we can be alive. With courage, we are healed as Ermid bathes us with courage. And then we are healers when we bathe others with her breath. Now, I mentioned uh, Ermid's sister, Eden, who continued as a poet inspired and guided by Ermid's unseen otherworld spirit. And Eden's story is that through her poetry, she helped people on earth visualize and became part of Ermid's dream on earth. So here's something dedicated to her. I actually wrote this bit. Faye's breath on my life, stone, earth, and its bounty inspires me to share. Healing beyond strife due to a sister's love I am here for you. Now, Eden's uh, prophetic memory of trees and plants is said to have inspired her husband, Omer, into the alphabet and language that people could easily teach to each other so that more people could understand each other outside their own families. And we 
we covered this in last week. There we go. And the Oum. And there's the symbols as they became. So uh, sisters Emid and Eden uh, were the women behind the successful Omer and the Oum. And as I repeat on these Sunday sessions, that uh, there is that uh, phrase of uh, behind every good woman. I always like to say beside every, I uh, know, be, behind every successful man. I like to say beside every successful man is a good woman. And there was Eden and there was Ermid that, in my mind, was very much an inspiration to Omer and the Orm as much as the tree language that came in with the Malaysians uh, later on. Now, presentation there, uh, that's all I'll say for Emmy for now. Hope it wasn't too long for you. Uh, <laughs> it's taken from some of my Song of Ermid, which is from my uh, Bathing in the Phase Breath book. So there's a wee plug for me there. Uh, Bathing in the Phase Breath. Is anywhere that sell books online, you should be able to find it. So let's get uh, to see uh, who's saying what here. Uh, very good. Uh, hello, Claire's here. Hello, Claire. Um, and uh, from the winds, lashings of rain in Dublin town. There's from Claire, Claire Roach. Uh, we've got to get her on sometime. There's going to be a harp uh, one from her. We're going to do uh, harp folklore uh, in November. So Claire's pretty much going to present that one. And then we've got uh, Tara Booth here. Great stuff. Uh, slanting rain here in Cologne also. Oh, hello, this Sherry. Very much a, a lovely plant and very imaginative person and writer. And then we've got, uh, who we got? Oh, Sherry there. And Kimberly, I saw her moved up. And good morning from Boston. No, I'm, uh, sorry, Sherry. You, you were saying from, hello, everybody from Maine. Hello to Sherry there. And uh, uh, Shell, a, a lovely regular. Lovely to have you in from Wisconsin. Uh, everyone's, it's, it is the fall, it is autumn. Everyone is kind of uh, chilly <laughs> and uh, in storms. And you're all cozy inside and having great goodies to eat and treats today, I hope. And then Sherry's saying hello to Claire. Very nice. And I'm saying hello to Claire. <laughs> hello, Claire. I'll say hello to you a bit more a bit later. So let's uh, get on with the show here a bit more. Um, Right. Now, the guests. Uh, we were going to have two lovely herbalists here. And uh, you may remember that uh, we, uh, the lovely uh, Gina McGarry, who was with us a few weeks ago. Uh, there's her uh, lovely book there. Unfortunately, she couldn't make it with us today. I had a last minute, uh, something that came up, so she couldn't join us, unfortunately. But Gina was a beautiful help to me through the Sensing Herbs Sunday session a few weeks back. Some of you watching now actually watched that and were really awed by it, and they absolutely love the presence of Gina. She more or less became the host while I wandered around the Triple Spiral Labyrinth. Uh, so I'm so pleased. Uh, well, I wish she was back with us, but we'll have Gina uh, back again, I'm sure. Um, but then um, let's have a look at her. Yeah, let's have a look at the book. There we have. I'm going to actually, I should have a copy here. I'll take this off. And uh, even though she's not here, let's give her a wee plug. There's, there's a lovely book there. Uh, I have her Bridges Healing book. Worth it. I, it's, a, it's, a, it's a bit of a gem for the bookshelf. It's a very hands-on practical book. Um, there's lovely stories very much in the voice of Gina. It's not a sort of textbook by any way. It's not clinical. Uh, it's very uh, kind of essential to have. And it's wonderful how Gina's book unfolds. You start with learned stories of the origins of herbalism. She has, obviously, because it's called Breeders' uh, Healing or Bridges' Healing, it starts with the origins of her as the goddess and of the herbalism. But she does have her own take, her own story of Emmett with it as well. And very and other shamanic uh, wise women. And I love uh, how this is why we had her on with Sensing Herbs. I didn't realize how brilliant she was, but she was brilliant 
uh, encouraging, use your senses first with plants. And she beautifully shared that with us. And she expresses that through the book, which is a bit ironic, of course, have a book to tell you to use your senses. But I suppose I've done a bit of that as well. And the book moves through the elements, ways to diagnose, therapy, and there's a collection of recipes with plants and foods. An important thing to point out with the book, though it's of wise women, there's quite a lot in there on men's health as well. She covers that very well. Uh, so, unfortunately, we haven't got any... Um, so, uh, this is... I'm excited. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of holding off a bit. Take a wee drink. Our next guest... Tonya Reekley. And Gina once actually described Tonya as one of her star students. So there we go. Uh, she's a former Moondance Botanicals uh, owner. And uh, I've actually got some pictures here because Claire and I actually performed there. And there's uh, some audience. And look, even Bono was there. Um, and that was a few years ago. And then we have the, uh, the beautiful Claire uh, that said hello. She's uh, watching now. There she is uh, performing there in the lovely little venue. It was a real honor to perform there. And uh, Tony was a former manager of the stunning Bridges Garden in County Galway for a while. But now she's a guardian, which seems to be the best term for... Dancing with the Wild, both here in Ireland, as I mentioned, where she has her retreats, her workshops, although she, obviously she hasn't been able to get here with the COVID entity uh, today. So we'll talk to her about that very shortly. Uh, but she, her heart is in the barn of uh, County Clare, but she will do her stuff in uh, Colorado, just keeps it going. And she, Tonya has this lovely all-year-round seasonal lifestyle book and look at this the way she has to photograph it amongst the plants there we go wild irish roots and with tonya's book this takes us through the seasons for the year uh, it's a real cycle of a book and it suggests calming and connecting rituals for each season passing and she's really into the tea blending uh, and it's just it's a beautiful prize it's a lovely prize of a little book and what i like are the recipes and the Preparations. Um, let's see if I can. I got. Uh, look at these. Got these little lovely illustrations. If you can see that, and uh, in bulk there, she's got. Uh, she's got a bunch of recipes. Look at the layout. I just love this. It's one of these books you open up, and it's a darling book. It really is. Anyway, that's uh, and the herb crafters say very practical, hands on. It's a joy for anyone. Um, and the things, the recipes she's got, they're easy to make and they're a joy. They look magnificent. And she's a great uh, fun packed uh, teacher with that. So there's a lot of blessing ideas with this. So shall I bring on Tonya? Let's bring her on here. It's about time. Uh, hello, Tonya. Let's see if we can get you on loud and clear. For some reason, your mic doesn't seem there. to be on. There you there. go. How's that? Good morning. Good morning to you. Let's get you full screen here. Uh, great. Uh, yes, of course, you've just got out of bed, haven't you? Yeah, I just <laughs> How are you? Out of bed. <laughs> Doing well. Uh, I, hope I'm, I hope I'm not echoing. I haven't got earbuds uh, on, unfortunately. So I hope we're not echoing with this. But we'll take a chance. Right, I'm going to plow. Oh, you've got the proper earbuds. You've got the, you're used to this because how are you adapting by not being in uh, the barren? Uh, what have you been doing with yourself? Well, my heart is, oh, I'm echoing. Hmm. Is it me? Um, here. I'll tell, tell you that. what, I'll turn, my, I'll turn my mic off as you answer that. Okay, that might help. Although it's, it's okay now. Um, and I have my earbuds in because my daughter's still asleep. And yeah, so um, so yeah, my heart is yearning for the Burren and Ireland. Um, it's been almost a year since I've been there. Um, although, um, 
moving through it. We're all, you know, having to make our sacrifices and um, grieving um, what is not possible right now. And Ireland will be there um, when the time is right again. Um, and I'm keeping it busy here or, or full um, with um, the bounty of um, my classes and um, connecting to the, the earth here. I haven't been in Colorado in the month of, um, well, September and October, really, um, for a really long time. Um, I've been leading pilgrimages in Ireland over the equinox since Oh, for 13 years. So to be in Colorado and to see the aspen trees um, has at this time. Uh, it, so there are gifts along. There are joy, joy along with the grief. Thanks for asking, John. And thanks for your beautiful presentation on Airmid. I'm glad you're enjoying that. I have to put the mic on now. Excuse the echo if it's happening again. Uh, now, the important thing, since this is an Airmid uh, presentation, Please tell us, how does the Airmid story inspire you, Tony? Well, I Airmid is the holder of the people's medicine. And in the, in the herbal tradition I follow, um, our practice is very much about educating the people and empowering the people, helping the people remember that um, the herbs are there for us for optimal optimal nourishment and healing and um that no one is the holder of that so to me um donkit very much was like this patriarchal figure who wanted to hold the wisdom and was jealous obviously as john so beautifully shared with us was jealous when um others had had that the knowledge that the um the herb share with us or the healing the knowledge of the healing so airman to me is definitely um a holder of the people's medicine and reminds us that we have all of that within us and um also another word that gina my beloved teacher um has shared with me and that I really love. And it's a word that's kind of, we're hearing a little bit more now, um, but the word radical. So radical herbalism, Airmid reminds us of radical herbalism, which radical actually just means coming back to your roots. Um, so when we, so Airmid reminds us to come back to our roots, come back to, and I love John that you wove in that, um, that metaphor so beautifully and and um it is so much about we are going to be healed by what has healed us through our lineage through the mists of time and um also that beautiful when you were talking john about roots like what came up for me as well and, and my book name is wild irish roots um when we start realizing and touching into and remembering the beauty that our own traditions hold um, versus appropriating other traditions or co-opting other traditions. Um, then there's this beautiful weaving and sharing because, and we do realize like we have this beautiful, beautiful rooted connection, all of us humans and non-humans. Um, so I, I love that. And, um, so radical herbalism, coming back to your roots, coming back to the herbs and um, that have nourished and healed us through the mist of time. And um, Aramid helps us remember that as well. Uh, one thing in the, the next question, you were really starting to answer that just in what you were saying. Uh, the Wild Irish Roots, that uh, absolutely gorgeous uh, book of yours. What is the root of your name for that title? What inspired that title? Um, I, since I have started studying herbalism, basically, I've been a herbalist for a bit over 20 years. And um, right, I studied here in Colorado, and then I found my teacher, Gina, who is many of you met um, a couple of weeks ago, um, just in this very serendipitous way, um, as happens in life. And I had been to Ireland right before I went to herb school. And then I, I just deeply connected with it. I'd always been drawn to Ireland, which many of us are um, 
in America and the roots that are held for us there. And even though I have been studying herbs, teaching herbs, or and in the whole time, so then I studied with Gina for three months um, in residence. She doesn't offer in residence um, like that anymore. I feel very blessed that I had that opportunity to spend with her in Ireland and came back to the States um, and began teaching about these roots that those of us from native European and native Irish roots hold. Um, and so I've been teaching this for 20 years um, and it feels like now a lot of people are very much, well, we've always been interested in it, but definitely from a healing perspective and a ritual perspective, we're, we're realizing we from native European descent have a lot of beautiful rituals and traditions. Um, so that was part of it. I, yeah, and just the roots. I'm very much a tree person too, um, which John has inspired me in the tree journey. Um, so coming back to the earth, coming back to our roots um, and the wildness that's inherent in all that. Um, and once you start studying herbs and um, I love that Gina and John share, you know, went through the sensual journey, like, once you're opening your senses as thresholds, there is this this innate wildness that um, you remember. And um, it's really beautiful opening up that journey. Um, a few years ago, uh, Tonya composed and compiled a wonderful, this is an absolute delight. Uh, it's a, well, I'll show you them. They're the wonderful, tin of breeder oracle uh, cards um, and the visitors since uh, Tonya brought, she's been bringing groups to Karakrori and since she's been here and um, we acquired a couple of uh, tins, wonderful beautiful tins, uh, I'll show you in a minute, uh, of these breeder Bridget oracle cards um, and the visitors even since, everybody they see them on uh, our furniture here, and they pick them up, and they love to handle these cards uh, and contemplate with them. Uh, absolutely gorgeous. Everybody loves them. And uh, here is here is mine. Here, uh, there, there you go. We we sort of. And it's difficult putting the mic. I think I'll go full. Uh, I'll get myself full screen for this to try and see if we can. There's the tid, and it opens up. And there you go, and you've got the beautiful design there. Uh, I think I've got the camera. And you pull these out, and, uh, well, you, you sort of pull them out. They're a lovely tight fit. And then um, you get these beautiful cards, and it's very much a, a kind of prophecy for the day. And there we have this one. Uh, and, I, and this one here is the fox. And uh, I, I want to go back, if I can, which is quite interesting, talking of fox, because I talked to Gina about this, about the fox here. And uh, the fox, very much a symbolic of wisdom. And I have uh, covered this in the past. So it's lovely to get the uh, fox here. And here with the fox breeder communes with both the flora and the fauna of nature, and she shares a special affinity with a fox, a creature representing the mystique of the wildwood. And so it goes on. And uh, absolutely adore these. I'm going to bring uh, Tonya back on. As I say, I should have had my earbuds, but uh, I can't find them. So I'm going to bring the mic on. Perhaps you talk a little bit. Uh, I, Go. The cards. Talk a little bit about the cards uh, for a moment, Tanya. Um, yeah, so the cards are symbols of Bridget. Um, Bridget is an Irish goddess and saint, which probably most of your audience is aware of Bridget. And um, she is one of the Irish goddesses that I um, work very closely with. Bridget is a herbalist as well. Um, and I did these cards, gosh, it's probably been about 10 years ago. And it's such a delight because I still send them. I sent a deck to France yesterday. So I still send them all over the world. And um, a lot of places in Ireland carry them. And um, they're just sweet messages from Bridget. Um, 
some with a symbol. So that one was Fox, um, but there's 33 different symbols of Bridget and then a message for your day. So as John was saying, so yeah, those are just a heart, a heart project, a beloved project. Um, oh, thank you, Donna. Yeah, glad you have the book. All right, at the risk of echo, there we go. <laughs> there. Okay. Uh, yes, uh, Donna was on, and Donna somewhere, if there's another message, and I'll pin it up uh, when we're finished anyway. Um, uh, who, uh, she, I want to purchase uh, Tony's book, but she has bought it. I bought the book, of course she has. Now, I know that Donna herself um, has actually handled your cards when she, because she's visited here as well, so... Uh, yeah, so <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to avoid. Have you got are you getting too much echo? Because no, uh, stream, I'm not getting stream, echo now. No, because StreamYard actually has a suppressor, so sometimes it doesn't work, sometimes it does. So it's nice that we don't have that echo. Oh, that's uh, fantastic. And uh, then, then there's uh, Donna was saying that she misses the rain. You miss the rain, you yeah. always come at this oh, time God. of year. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I miss the rain so much. Uh, We're in a drought too. Yeah, New Mexico. I saw Donna. You're from New Mexico. I'm in Colorado. Yeah, it's it's horrible. This September until today hasn't been the windy times that you're usually more familiar with. Um, uh, we have had a bit of sun and a bit, but it's been a bit cooler uh, than usual. Anyway, it was so lovely uh, that you get to present a bit. I'm kind of. I notice I am running. I kind of, if, if I had my way, this would go on for two or three hours, but that would be totally impractical. But it was lovely to see you again. And thanks for being up early and uh, sharing your sunshine with us <laughs> in the rain. And uh, look forward to when you're in Ireland again, yes. uh, when we get passed through this. And, mm -hmm. and I'll make some links below. Bless you and, and have a great day. Thanks, Tonya. Yeah, thank you. And love to Claire. Thank you all. Yeah, I think Claire said it gave you a good wishes somewhere here. I'm yeah, yeah, I saw that. Right. See you then. Thank you. Lots of love, John. And lots of love to you. Oh, wonderful. That I hope you enjoyed that uh, with Tony. I'll put some uh, more links as soon as possible after that. Um, it's uh, unfortunate we couldn't have her. Uh, Gina and Tonya together, the teacher and student. Um, but, uh, oh, that's all right. Um, so, um, the Karakori Labyrinth Gans and Sunday Sessions, as I say there, let's get back to my storyboard here. Uh, they're very much, um, they're still ad-free, as you notice, no advertising. And uh, the Community Woodland fund uh this progress is under negotiation at the moment so my funding drivers slow down a bit until the new owner had a meetings and we'll see where we can go from that there's a couple of ideas that have come up and i'll present them as soon as possible but now uh looking begging <laughs> donations for the sunday sessions broadcasting expenses uh and exchange as and i've mentioned this each week uh, by winter project uh, from now, because the nights are getting longer, is to actually take these Sunday session subjects, as you see, like today, you start into something, boom, we've run out of time. So I'd like to take this more casual, deeper, slower for you uh, in through the medium of running a course. And the course will take these Sunday session subjects and they'll take them into more depth. Uh, there'll be videos, there'll be podcast audio files, uh, slides short ebooks and when this all comes together we'll have little private zoom type meetings like uh, course meetings so this is the intention to develop and uh, so these will be projects for the winter and the this is going to be open this course to you sponsors and to you people donating you kind people and many of you have so far so i'm in debt to you and i hope this course it'd be something that you'll be able to use uh, day to day. And I intend to frame this course out during the kind of mixed weather evenings that are drawing in now through, starting this week. Uh, I can accept the uh, payments through uh, PayPal and Patreon. Um, 
I don't have those up, uh, but anyway, I can do links a bit later. Uh, so how are you doing there? How, how are you reacting to us uh, so far? Uh, who have I missed out? Monica Danda, lovely to see you. Sherry, and Sherry's thanking Tonya. Great. And uh, another one saying hello to Claire. We'll have Claire on sometime. Any questions you've got for Tonya? She's still somehow in the background. We might be able to get some kind of uh, answer. So throw your questions uh, for Tonya right now, and I can get them in in the next couple of minutes. Tonya's still in the sort of green room there. We can pull her back out and uh, answer your questions. So fire questions, please. Uh, but meanwhile, I'll tell you what's coming up uh, in the upcoming Sunday sessions. We're getting further towards... Uh, uh, the Samhain time, but next week we'll have some of our poets back, and uh, but that's someone who's uh, being inspired in, in the tree labyrinth there, and I'm trying to whip out that. Uh, where are we? Right, that's it. That's it. And uh, so next week, 11th of October, the inspired journaling and native poetry time. So, you poets out there. No matter how crude and how rough form your poetry is, offer to share them live either as a pre-recorded video or come on live. Or I may call you during the broadcast to come on live as well. And then on the 18th of October, Sunday, we got we did a, a serpents and dragons and snakes session earlier, and I was covering everything. Again, the hour wasn't enough, so we split it. And because it's coming up to someone, this is the fire dragons, serpents, and snakes on the 18th. To kind of, well, I'm truly looking forward to presenting that again. Then something I haven't done, it's been postponed for a couple of years, but let's do it this year. Uh, this is the 25th of October, the folklore of crows, ravens, and other corvids. Not COVID, corvids. Uh, so uh, that's uh, what we got uh, coming up. Let's give it a see who's uh, questions. Yes, I'm going to share the links uh, as much. Uh, very dry, let's see, dry summer and fall. Daughter in Portland. Ah, there's a question. Let's see if I can get this. There's, uh, I'm in northern Maine, almost to Canada. Do you visit Maine? Okay, I'm going to bring you back on, uh, Tonya, to answer that one. Yeah, uh, you got your mic on? Um, there, there. I thought that question yes, was. Talk, I thought that question uh, was you, for you, John. <laughs> uh, that is, uh, Sherry's asking, do you uh, go to Maine to do anything? Um, I love Maine. I love, love, love Maine. And my daughter and I actually were hoping to go there this summer. We did a lot of camping, um, and we obviously we couldn't because of the state of um, the world right now. Um, and yeah, so I'm always up for traveling anywhere, um, especially Maine. And I thought maybe that question was for you, John, not me. Oh, no, no, I had to pick that up because I put it out there to, for people to yeah. you know, ask uh, questions while you're still here. Uh, because uh, embarrassingly, whilst you're actually on, I didn't ask. And uh, we've got a, a couple of minutes left, so I asked people, fire questions up. And there's yeah. this one remarkable man that's turned up. Uh, Lema, uh, do you have any herb questions? He's only just arrived. <laughs> Fire ready. We've got this wonderful uh, Tonya. Uh, there's, uh, well, Claire's saying hello. Uh, Monica, uh, greetings to you, Monica. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh, it, there's a relationship she has to, with Monica here. Okay, great. <laughs> wonderful. Uh, right. Any more questions? Three, two, one. <laughs> because, uh, we, I, we have to uh, say bye-bye, and I'm going to kind of wind up in a minute. Uh, but thank you. Uh, thank you again, Tonya. Wonderful. There might be questions in the comments, so keep a, a check on that if you can. Thanks. So that uh, wonderful. Uh, nice to excuse for a bit of uh, there. So thank you again uh, for Tom, uh, Tonya Reekley. Um uh, it's uh, wonderful. It was lovely to hear her part on it. Uh, and Sherry is agreeing there. And uh, I got myself lined up. Oh, 
Uh, I didn't do anything on the uh, Herb Labyrinth here. Quickly, there it is when it was first structured, The Dancing Lady. I've said it before. We actually had the designer of The Dancing Lady. I didn't know who she was, but she just appeared at the labyrinth and she was scratching the head. And I went up to her and said, oh, this is The Dancing Lady. It's a herbal labyrinth. She says, yeah, I thought it was. And I'd seen the design online as a canvas. And, it, and there was no reference to who it was. But I thought, oh, that's quite inspiration. And she was the actual composer of The Dancing Lady. She actually makes these canvas labyrinths and uh, sells them. So she was absolutely made that I'd applied it to a herb garden. So that was a wonderful meeting. And it was lovely that she actually turned up uh, to see it. But I haven't got any new pictures for that. Uh, this is from a couple of years ago, a group on it. Um, it was still in its infancy. It's really well and truly overgrown. Everything is bushed. Sorry, I haven't got any new pictures for you, uh, but everything is really tall. It's a very established herb garden now, and that is uh, some pictures of it. Anyway, I'll let that go. And uh, so it's really uh, to thank you all. Um, and thank you all for being here. And thank you again to uh, Tonya. And I'd like to keep commenting for the people here that have just joined. They're going to be watching the archive. All of you watching this archive, keep commenting. I will keep coming back to them. And uh, enjoy a safe week uh, full of wonder, inspiration, maybe drying out the fragrances from your own herbs, all your celebrations, all your enchantments. So in next, until next Sunday, do play well. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.